You're listening to The Whatcom Report, a Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce program in partnership with KGMI. Good morning and welcome to The Whatcom Report. It's a program of the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce in partnership with KGMI News Talk Radio. And this morning, um, we have a very special guest uh, on the show. Uh, we have uh, Dr. Greg Baker, uh, Bellingham School Superintendent, and I look forward to have a robust conversation talking about, uh, gosh, the the current state of the schools, uh, more specifically the current state of the Bellingham School District um, as we're coming out of the pandemic and the things that the school district is working on. So I am looking forward to a robust informational show. Um, and so stay tuned, grab a cup of coffee, and we will be right back. For most of us, our vehicles are one of our most expensive and valuable investments. They're our babies, our friends, our pride and joy. From road trips to grocery runs, trips to school, or back and forth to work, our vehicles are there for us every day. When everything is running well, you can't wait to get it out on the open road and just cruise. Unseen problems can turn that joy into agony fast. Keep your baby running great at Bellingham Automotive. Their 99-point bumper-to-bumper inspection will help to ensure that your pride and joy stays with you for years to come. The professionals at Bellingham Automotive will inspect all the nooks and crannies for you so you can focus on more important things, like singing along to your favorite radio station, showing off the perfect window sticker, and filling up your cup holders. With over 30 years of service, you can trust Bellingham Automotive to help you with any regular maintenance needs or unexpected repairs. Schedule your appointment at 360-676-5200 or visit BellinghamAutomotive.com. Nugent's Corner Market and Hardware is your locally owned and operated grocery and hardware store, proud to source delicious and healthy food from local farmers, producers, ranchers, and fishers, and proud to serve the residents and visitors of the Mount Baker foothills. Whatever you need, there's a very good chance you'll find it at the Nugent's Corner Market and Hardware at a fair price. Make the Nugent's Corner Market and Hardware your first and last stop of the day. Nugent's Corner Market and Hardware, open seven days a week from 8 until 8. Staying connected with your community each Saturday at noon with KGMI's Community Connection as local business leaders share their expert advice. Sponsored by Vibrant USA, Pacific Security, Lighthouse Mission Ministries, Feller Heating and Air Conditioning, and Columbia Fire. Community Connection, Saturdays at noon on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Welcome back to the Walkroom Report. I'm your host, Guy Chagrasso, President and CEO of the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce. And as promised, we're here with Dr. Greg Baker of the Bellingham Schools. And so, Greg, thank you so much for joining me this morning. And so, for those that may not know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me this morning. It's uh, it's great to be here. Um, I have the pleasure of serving this community as the superintendent of schools for the Bellingham Public Schools. Um, it's hard to believe, but it's uh, been 13 years since I was first asked to consider uh, coming up here. And I remember in those early years, uh, people pretty convinced when I first arrived that I was only going to be here for a year or two. And look, look what happened. Um, I have uh, my family's here. I have three kids who have graduated from our school district. I still have one in, the, in, the, in our schools. And uh, it's been a, a wonderful um, experience so far. It's um, never boring, always work to do. Um, you know, trying to serve 11, 12,000 kids and trying to figure out how to support them and their families. Um, we have an amazing staff that works hard every day and um, it's a challenge. And uh, um, it's a great place to do that work though. I, I yeah. love living here and love uh, you know, serving this community. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't understand how big the school district is. I mean, you mentioned 11,000 uh, enrollment, but when you look at employee count, I mean, the Bellingham School District is one of our county's largest employers, and I think that's that's sometimes lost for people. Yeah, no, that's right. We're between 11, 12,000 kids and probably 1,700 staff, and yeah, I think we're probably top three uh, employee employers, give or take, in, in the city at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, so a lot of people are connected to our district, whether they're parents or employees or grandparents, they went here. Um, you know, we have a 
most people have some connection uh, to this organization. Yeah. And the, um, I mean, I know we'll talk about new construction and facilities a little bit later in the show, but, you know, like, what is the, like, what are the number of schools? And I think that's even, it's a hard number to get because you've got your school district offices as well. And, you know, you have some of the CTE programming that has its own separate. And so what, yeah. Like when you think of the full system, what what kind of numbers are we generating as far as like facilities? Yeah, um, I would usually I go with we have 14 elementary schools. We have four middle schools and we have four high schools. Um, and before I got here, most people would have said three. Um, but now with Options High School being our mm -hmm. fourth and uh, this community supported a new facility and it's fantastic. Uh, many more people uh, now articulate and know that we have four high schools. So there's 22 uh, schools. We have a couple programs. One is our family partnership program that supports our homeschool families. That's located at mm -hmm. the uh, old Larrabee site. Um, we also have our community transitions program, which is currently located at Bellingham High School, but will soon be moved um, to the um, Wiku building over in the Birchwood neighborhood. We're going to be in working with partnership with Wiku, being able to remodel the interior of that facility. And then um, we hope to build a new facility for community transitions, thanks to our last bond in the next few years. So back to your question, we got 22 schools, two programs, and then our support system would be our district office, mm -hmm. uh, transportation, uh, uh, operations, and our central kitchen. So yeah. 14 school, 22 schools, two programs, and probably four support facilities. Yeah. So it's a pretty, I mean, that's a robust, I mean, as the chamber, we often view things at, from a business perspective and thinking of that as a very complex business model um, is really interesting. So I think it's important to articulate that to understand the the role, right? So you get to lead all of that efforts. And uh, again, you mentioned your amazing team, and I have the privilege of working with a number of, you know, from the actual educators to professional staff to administrators. And so uh, it, it can't do it without a great team. Yeah, that's true. And I better I better add our warehouse. So but I don't want to leave them out. So <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's next to our central kitchen so it's one campus but yeah it is it's a lot it's not just a school district isn't just um walk in and here's a classroom and teaching it's like you know from to run an entire operation um it's a it's a it's a big organization with lots of complexities and um and we're proud of the work that we do or we never think that we're the best or that we figured it all out mm -hmm. um but we work really hard to strive to always get better to look at other organizations that other districts that you know do things better than us and, and you know always trying to improve yeah and so with that whole thing and i think it's, it's on the mind of so many people right now um is with regards to budget and so um what are some of the budgetary constraints and issues that the school district's facing right now yeah um and that budget's one of the most challenging things, certainly for lots of people, but for, for me and our organization, we rely heavily on waiting to see what the state does every year in deciding our budget. And, you know, they, they're in legislative session right now. They, they put together a two-year budget, um, but we won't know what they're doing until the end of April for next year. Mm -hmm. um, and then... And that's the they, next, that's the next fiscal year, or the next academic year? Uh, both. So starting okay. like uh, yeah next fall, okay, uh, September first, we don't so that's know. That's not how a huge runway to plan. No, it's <laughs> not, and especially you know probably eighty five percent of our budget is people, yeah. and so it's really you know we're talking about people's lives and jobs every year is kind of this roller coaster of what's our revenue going to be, um, and this year uh, is going to be particularly challenging in part because um, as we come out of COVID. Um, we start losing all the federal dollars that the federal government gave to school districts during COVID, which was super helpful. It helped districts um, deal with COVID, buying masks, tests, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But it also helped districts that, off, that most districts had a loss of enrollment during right. COVID. It helped districts maintain services and not have to do major cuts. 
Well, those dollars end. And so um, as districts, we're going to have a decrease in revenue. While at the same time, we have inflation and yep. thus costs go up. And most of our costs is people. And the state doesn't fully fund us for all of our people. They only fund us for a portion of our staff. And um, so districts have to use their local levies to fully fund their staff. But the state has put a lid on how much we can ask our local community. So you so you can't ask for more, really. So you got to reallocate dollars into right. employee compensation. And I think the um, you, know, you mentioned the state funds different pots of staff and re uh, recently gosh not that recently anymore but the mccleary decision which uh, was probably five years now correct me if i'm wrong because i'm not an expert on this that funds essentially the full-time educators correct um the mccleary decision where the state got sued for not fully funding education um got settled but what is settled in terms of what the state should fund us, most people would say isn't adequate. So the best, an example I use is the McClurry decision and the state supposedly fully funds education. Um, let's take nurses. We talked earlier that we have 22 schools, 12,000 students. When I ask people, how many nurses would you expect the state to fund for a district our size? What would you guess the most common answer is? I, I mean, one per, at least one per facility yes. would be my and guess. I, and I know you're doing the interview here, but thank you for playing yeah. along. <laughs> so that would be the most common answer is that at least 22 nurses and in a high school with a thousand kids, maybe more. Maybe but more. at least, yeah. Well, the state currently funds us for about six nurses. Okay. So the full, so you can say the McClurry decision is settled and the state fully funds us, but that fully funding is six nurses. So we don't think that's enough. So yeah. we use our local levy to hire a few more, still not enough. You know, we might, I think we have eight right now. Um, and so that's the issue is the state maybe fully funds their model, but the model is not realistic. Got it. Well, we are to our first break. So we're gonna continue the conversation right after this. Where do you go to find the best steakhouse between Seattle and Vancouver, B.C.? Northwest Washington's famed Steakhouse at Silver Reef is the place for award-winning, unforgettable fine dining. Savor our Northwest-sourced, dry-aged USDA prime steaks. Finished to perfection in our 1,800-degree broiler. Immerse yourself in world-class elegance. Browse our award-winning wine and spirit list, while our attentive staff help to create lasting memories. Reservations are recommended through SilverReefCasino.com or by calling Silver Reef Casino Resort. At Silver Reef Casino Resort, we've got that. Escape the hustle and bustle of the city and get ready for a fun and relaxation-filled getaway. Luxury hotel rooms? Yep. Championship golf? Mm-hmm. Top-rated casino with all the best slots and table games? Yes and yes. World-class dining at the region's best and Wine Spectator award-winning steakhouse? Yes, please. The total package is only missing one thing. You. Silver Reef Casino Resort. Located off I-5, exit 260. We've got that. Heating emergencies happen. When your house is freezing, you need help and make it quick. Contact Clean Air Heating and Cooling. Their trucks are ready to go with everything needed to repair your Lennox furnace, heat pump, or fireplace. This winter, keep Clean Air Heating and Cooling on speed dial for all your heating emergencies. Call or text 398-9400 for 24-7 repair service. When heating emergencies happen, count on the professionals at Clean Air Heating and Cooling, a Lennox dealer. Online at callcleanair.com. Attention business owners and managers. Looking to hire? Having trouble reaching the right candidates? Do you have more job openings than applications? Secure your table now for Cascade Radio Group's Job Fair, Thursday, March 16th in Bellingham at Four Points by Sheraton from 2 until 6 p.m. The March 16th Job Fair is a production of Cascade Radio Group and HireMeWa.com. For details and to register, talk to your CRG radio rep or send an email to jobfair at cascaderadiogroup.com. That's jobfair at cascaderadiogroup.com. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Welcome back to the Walk and Report. We're here with Dr. Greg Baker from Bellingham Schools, uh, talking everything about the, the school district. And one of the things we were talking about 
talked in the previous segment was the budget and talking a little bit about uh, facilities. And so I think I'm always interested in, you know, you're talking about levies and various asks of the voters. Um, a lot of that expense is construction and facilities. And so there's a couple uh, projects going on. So what, tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, so a couple of things to set the stage. One is it's important for folks to, um, I think, understand the difference between, um, like we talked about levies versus bonds. When we pass levies in our community, that can help support people, staffing, lower class size, nurses, counselors. Bonds that we pass um, can only be used for construction or building. And so I often get asked of, hey, instead of you know building this new school, can't you use those dollars to help your budget crisis and hire more teachers or count? And the answer is no, they're separate dollars and illegal for us to use bond dollars for people. So um, just wanted to clarify that. The other is that the state, um, just like most parts of education, doesn't fully fund construction of schools. In fact, the state has now been sued, just like with the McCleary decision, has been sued by a district for not funding construction. Um, they have a little bit of money that they will pass along to a district if they pass a bond. But for the most part, every community is left up to decide, you know, do you, you know, improve your facilities? We are fortunate to live in a uh, community that has supported us as we've improved our facilities. Um, I often tell people I'll take a good teacher over a newer classroom any day of the year, but if you have a good teacher and it's got a, and they're working in a good facility, it just helps enhances the learning. Mm -hmm. um, and so our community has been very supportive. The, the one that we just opened this year um, was Sunny, Sunnyland Elementary School. Uh, is getting a, a beautiful school. It is. It's yeah. It's. I've not taken a tour of that one. I took. I mean, Sea Home, fairly new building, is also yes. very beautiful. Yeah. Well, if you want a tour, let 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 me know. Okay. Um, and especially if you've been in the old building, any you know, and then compare and contrast just the whether it's the air quality and the heating system and the you know the HVAC system works so well, the lighting, the sustainability features, the technology. Um, it just is so much more conducive to, you know, hundreds of people working in it, you know, right. throughout the year. Um, so that's been exciting this year to open Sunnyland. A lot of people going down James Street will see the uh, play field. Um, we have a new model of um, playground that's much more inclusive for kids with different abilities and disabilities. We have our first um, uh, year round field at the elementary school, a turf field. Um, so much more able to use that year round with, you know, rain and for our community use it um, after hours and weekends and such. So that's been a big hit. Um, we're currently, if you go through Barkley Village, uh, you'll see some construction right across from the movie theater. And that will be the new district office, part of our 2013 bond, actually. We've put that off for a long time as we've focused on our schools. Um, and our current building um, that I'm sitting in that that I work out of has now lived through two pandemics. So it was built back in 1906 or eight. So it lived through the 1910 pandemic and it's, it's served its, its useful life. It is. So we are excited for um, sometime in a year or so to move into a new facility that again will support during the day, but also will have our community have access to be able to come use. Yeah. Um, what's going to happen with the existing district offices? Yeah, our, our current building, um, we've ma I've maintained since we started talking about this in 2011, 12, if if some idea emerges of why we would keep it um, mm -hmm. and, and serve, then we would. And if not, then most likely we would be, um, you know, putting it up for sale. Got it. Um, no idea has emerged in the last 10 yeah. years, but I still am open to that. But uh, most likely when we move out and we're done here, um, it's not a big enough site to build a school on. Right. Um, we need a district office. So I, I think the the need for us will be, is is not is non-existent yeah and so i think one of the other like when you look at new facilities um anything after that i mean because again you're yeah. talking about the district facility was basically yeah. funded or started to get funded 10 years ago yeah um, what's next maybe 
So we have, um, I mentioned on an earlier segment, our community transition program, which serves 18 to 21 year olds who receive special education services. They're currently located within Bellingham High School, but they've both outgrown that space and they're 18 to 21. And so we'd like to have them more with like peers, mm -hmm. uh, ideally on a college campus. Yeah. So we are working um, with uh, our partners to just see if we can build a new facility on a campus of higher ed. Got it. And I think we'll have hopefully some updates on that uh, in the coming weeks and months that hopefully will be exciting. We also have um, a committee that's currently working to design a 15th elementary school out on the north side, out okay. um, off Bakerview, Cougar Road, King Mountain. There's a lot of growth. Most, a lot of the growth city is happening on the north mm -hmm. side. Um, and so as we think about the next 50 years, um, a school there and our hope is to use that school as a swing space um, before opening it as a neighborhood school for in a future funded by a future bond. We have three schools that we hope to rebuild in the near future. Um, mm. Roosevelt Elementary, Carl Kozier Elementary and Columbia Elementary. And it's it's really hard to build a brand new school next to an old one on a small site. Yeah. And so by building this 15th elementary, we hope to use it as a swing space where like Columbia could go out there while we rebuild their school and the kids come back that Got concept. It. So, yeah. And that's a pretty common use strategy for school districts. Yeah, it, it can be if you have the ability to do it. Um, yeah. We did that my first few years here. We pretty much we use that concept when we decided to rebuild Birchwood Elementary, we had all those students go out to the brand new Cordata that we built mm -hmm. and we had Birchwood located at Cordata. We then rebuilt Birchwood and brought those kids back and then opened up Cordata as a neighborhood school. Yeah. Um, and then the, I guess the other kind of component to this is this, you know, outlook of enrollment. And oh. so what are you kind of seeing as far as um, I mean, I guess it's all tied to population growth and, you know, the changes in demographics, but what are you, what are kind of you seeing enrollment kind of like looking down the road too? Yeah, there's a couple of pieces. And again, these are projections and hypotheticals and, you know, you never, the world changes, but. Yeah. Who saw pandemic four years it, ago, right? Yeah, right. That's what I was going to say. So the pandemic, you know, caused most districts to lose some enrollment especially at the younger ages when some families didn't enroll their students, say in kindergarten. We, we're starting to see that come back up. Um, in Whatcom County and in the state of Washington, I'm starting to see birth rate projections lower than what have been. So that would suggest that we're going to have fewer kids born this year, next year. Thus, in four or five years, we should have a smaller kindergarten enrollment maybe than what we think. On the flip side, I wonder how much, um, uh, well, let me say this, as Bellingham, you know, has um, cost of housing has gone dramatically up. It's pushed a lot of people out into the county and other places. Mm -hmm. So you would think that would adversely potentially affect uh, enrollment. And we have a lot of construction going on. And so I'm wondering, you know, as more construction happens within the city that would allow more people um, what happens there. So we'll have to wait and see at the end of the day, yeah. the total gross impact, but lower birth rates, but more housing construction happening is certainly yeah. in the mix. increased, increased virtual work coupled with a desirable place to live. Like there's all these levers and yes, we get to react to it at the end of the day. And that's not a good answer, but I think so, yeah. many, so, so many industries, that is the answer. So. That's right. So we have to be flexible, you know, try to be flexible and ready for, uh, you know, different numbers to come in. So as a district, you know, building new facilities and increasing our capacity is smart when you think about the next 50 years. Um, it's one reason districts use portables is you, it, you can expand and shrink more quickly. So we, we probably use 40 some portables throughout our district. Um, we prefer to have kids in a building. Sometimes when you have a 
higher number than you use the portables. And when you shrink, you don't need to use the portables as much. So flexibility is important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are to your next break. So we're going to stay tuned and uh, we'll continue the conversation right after this. Now you can mow, dig, grade, haul, and more with the perfect solution for your property, a Branson tractor. Save your back and your wallet with one of our compact but powerful tractors here at Farmers Equipment Company. Stop by and choose from our full line of Bransons to take on your toughest tasks. With tractors from 19 to 55 horsepower, we have a Branson compact or utility tractor that is perfect for you. Want to use a rotary cutter to tame that tall brush on your property? You can do that. What about snagging a scoop from that pile of gravel to maintain your driveway free of potholes? You can do that too. Branson's six-year warranty along with our factory trained technicians will make sure your new tractor is always running great. Get the tractor you want and the peace of mind you need at Farmers Equipment Company. To learn more, visit us online at FarmersEquip.com or stop by our locations in Linden or Burlington today. Farmers Equipment Company, serving the Pacific Northwest for over 86 years. You go to great lengths to keep your carpet clean. Kids, get out of the living room! You spend your days scolding loved ones. Honey, take your shoes off. Trying to create an invisible shield to keep all the dirt and stains out. Welcome to our home. And just please stay on the plastic, okay? From summer's barbecue stains to your kids' dirty cleats, call Swans today or visit them online at swanscarpetcleaning.com. Bringing the world to Whatcom County and Northwest Washington. The People's Republic of China. They're launching the first pieces of their own space station. The John Bachelor Show, weekday evenings from 6 to 10. They're going to use what they learn in, in constructing this station and having people live on it to plan their uh, manned interplanetary shift and to do it as quickly as possible. On KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM and KGMI.com. We don't have the usual traffic jams that they have in the big city, but sometimes things happen to snarl everything up. Depend on KGMI to keep you cruising to your destination with KGMI traffic alerts. We'll tell you where the trouble spots are. And if you see problems on the road, give us a call at 360-676-5464 so we can spread the word. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM and KGMI.com. I'm Deanna Harrelook. I'm here to keep you informed with the morning news from 6 to 9 a.m. But even with all that time in the morning, there's still so many things I want to talk about. You know, beyond the morning news. And now I have the chance to give you exactly that. Head on over to KGMI.com slash mornings for extended conversations on everything that might not be making headlines. My thoughts on travel, food, music, and hey, maybe a little bit of culture. Beyond the Morning News updates every Tuesday on KGMI.com slash mornings. A real grocery store in Sumas? Yep. At the new Sumas Market, you'll find everything you're looking for and more. Fresh produce, a well-stocked meat department, a huge dairy section, and a great selection of competitively priced beer, wine, and spirits. Like the Sumas Market on Facebook or check out their website at sumasmarket.com for weekly specials. The Sumas Market is open seven days a week from 8 to 7 p.m. The new Sumas Market, your community grocery store, and so much more. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Don't worry about your furnace on the coldest days of the year. Talk with West Mechanical, your independent train dealer, about replacing your old inefficient furnace with a train comfort system. Today, find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Welcome back to the Walkman Report. It's a program of the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce, and I'm your host, Guy Tregasso, President and CEO of the Chamber. And we're here with Dr. Greg Baker of Bellingham Schools. And one of the, I guess, foundation, uh, and this is a fairly newer, um, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to name it, I'm going to let you explain it, Greg. Uh, so the Bellingham Promise. And so some would call it a vision statement maybe and so how would you define this and what is it yeah um 
That's a great question. Uh, the Bellingham promise in some ways uh, could be, it's our strategic plan or the framework of our plan. Um, it's a document that highlights our the vision, the mission, the core values, our key outcomes and key strategies for our school district. Um, a unique part of the promise is how deeply it is owned throughout our district and community. Um, it's been in development for over uh, well, 12, over 12 years since it's its origin. And oftentimes a district, when it does a strategic plan or an organization, it might be a three-year plan or a five-year plan. And then you do a new one. For us, this is a living document. It was created with lots of input. And um, and then every year it's fully reviewed. Um, the school board plays a role in it, as well as uh, myself and, um, and our team. And we constantly are examining whether it still reflects the values, the wishes, the hopes, the goals of this community. And every year, every month at school board meetings, I'm reporting to the board of how we're doing in, in service and uh, of the promise and delivering upon the promise. And the board evaluates me and, and thus our staff uh, on how we're doing. And so it's a it's been a, a document that has guided us for a long time and it keeps slowly being refined as needed um, and pushes us. It is a vision. It's like it strives. It pushes us, um, you know, like there's 17 outcomes and our goal is to get 11, 12,000 kids to be a whole child that shows all outcomes, that they're readers and writers, that they're critical thinkers, that they're respectful, that they're leaders and collaborators. Like it's a robust call out of mm -hmm. the type of child that this community expects us to help develop and that we don't do it alone. It's not just right. a school district. It really calls out it's a community effort um, to develop our kids and, and get them as prepared as we can for post high school. Yeah, and how long has that been? The, the promise? Yeah. Um, I would say the origins origins of it started in 2010-11. Okay. Um, as I entered um, as a new superintendent and really took a look at the organization, and then as our school board and our district started to articulate what what does this community want, and we started to engage. So it's it probably first came out as the Bellingham Promise in probably 2012, maybe. Okay. Um, the origins started in 2010. Um, and it really is a call out. Um, it's a collective statement of the expectation of the school district by the community. Right. Um, and how and do you measure success from that? I mean, because I've read it, right? Like I've looked at it and it's just in this, again, very responsive. Um, how do you? Yeah. yeah. Well, if how any, do you measure success on that? <laughs> if anybody really wants to know, um, I'd go to our school board website and what you can do is you can go to find the reports that are that we write and present to the board every month trying to answer that question. Yeah. And to give you some pieces, um, we're very, uh, we have some really um, smart um, research oriented folks on our team that really work hard to try to answer that question. We, we uh, balance both quantitative and qualitative data so yeah. quantitative data some things we can measure the yeah. one that education gets measured the most on is test scores so you know so we we have some quantitative data but the other side is qualitative storytelling case studies um and so what you'll find in how we measure that is a mix of all those types of measurements that we come out and, and we um you know like readers and writers here we can use test scores maybe for that, mm -hmm. like this is a test. But it, it can be harder to, to show how are you developing innovators and creators. Well, we tell a lot of stories, and stories are a valid way of, yep. of demonstrating um, growth. And so we have our promise stories that come out that um, give real life examples of a student or a class or a school um, and show how we're developing these kids. So education often gets targeted by just test scores, what we've yeah. tried to do in our district is say developing a whole child is much more complicated than a number. Mm -hmm. And so we write, so on our website, we have, you'll see reports of us um, taking the vision, the mission, the values and our, our outcomes 
and trying to tell every year, here's evidence of us um, accomplishing this. Um, and hard to ever prove, you know, all 12,000 kids, right? Totally. We don't have the staff to do. Yeah. And there's, but, there's, not a, there's not a system to measure that. <laughs> no, but we work really hard to try to demonstrate to our board and our community the progress that we're making. And then they evaluate me each year on, on how, they, how, how they see us doing. Yeah. And I think one of the other aspects, and I mean, you mentioned a little bit in your articulation there, um, is inclusion. And so I know that inclusion was enhanced as part of the Bellingham Promise and, you know, this broad DEI work. I mean, it's, it is being integrated across multiple spectrums and industries. I mean, this business community is really engaged in this work. I mean, when the when the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, right, like not affiliated with us, but the U.S. Chamber of Commerce takes it up as one of its big um, issues and big tasks that it wants to um, design programming and affect change in, it says something. And so how is inclusion um, being yeah. incorporated into the school district? Yeah, it's a um, great comment and question there. And um, one of the parts of the promise that's been there for the whole time, 12 years, is what we call our one schoolhouse concept. And part of that is um, we see ourselves in some ways as one schoolhouse and we, we take care of all of us. And parents, parents, is, this comes kind of from a parent perspective where they they like my kid goes to this school and I can get my arms around supporting that school. I want my kid to be successful in the school. Well, what we want is everyone to see the whole district as one school and care about their school as well as the school down the street. So things that we've done that have been inclusive in nature are um, I mentioned earlier as part of our 2013 by rebuilding options high school. Mm -hmm. Those kids used to be in six old portables out behind Bellingham High School. They didn't feel super included, the staff right. and kids. We've built them a facility where they're they're much more uh, feel part of our district. They're proud of where they go. Their facility is outstanding. So that's an example of taking a group. Um, our families that don't speak English as a first language and our kids, when I got here, um, a lot of evidence that we didn't do a lot to reach out to families who's didn't speak English. So we built a large family engagement team. Um, we have like when you go visit Sunnyland that we talked about, you'll see dual mm -hmm. multiple languages of welcoming people and how to get around. We've diversified our staff to be more bilingual. Um, so that's a, an example of being more inclusive. Um, our teenage parents, um, we have teenagers who have kids in many places. That means your chance of dropping out increases. In our district, we have um, um, child care centers for those teenage parents and we have it now where they can you can access it from all of our high schools if you go to bellingham high school you can go to the options we have one at squall Coliseum. again bringing in those kids that maybe we're going to be more likely to drop out and their babies has created a more inclusive um district the one that certainly is on a lot of minds right now is our students who receive special education services um, kids with high, high needs in the history of education used to be excluded from school altogether. Mm -hmm. Then they maybe could go to a um, next level uh, in our history would have been an institution. The next level would have been a segregated school. Uh, the next level is a segregated program within a school. And where we're at now in our evolution is trying to get students in our, in our general ed classrooms, our regular classrooms, even if they have significant disabilities, including them within, with their peers, not um, isolated or with only with other kids with disabilities. So that's another example of inclusive work that we're working on for all kids and all families to feel part of our school district. Yeah, and you mentioned Sunnyland Playground is a great example of that integration as well. So we that's are right. to our next break. So we're gonna jump to that and stay tuned.
Spring is a time to keep it fresh, and what a better way to freshen up your company's image than with a crisp Brooks Brother logoed shirt or uniform from Bergen. Whatcom County's local logo apparel experts, Bergen pairs their commitment to personal service with professional results, specializing in embroidery, heat application, screen printing, and all kinds of logoed promotional products. And they're adding tons of new styles for spring, from Travis Matthews to Russell Outdoors, OGO, District, and yes, even Brooks Brothers. Bergen's new owners understand the importance of your image. They go the extra mile to provide crisp logo apparel so you can put your best foot forward this spring. And as nature blooms, Bergen is taking action to protect it with new sustainable styles that lower the carbon footprint of production. Bergen guarantees your order will be completed on time to your specifications and with a smile. Give them a call to get a quote within 24 hours or stop by the showroom Monday through Thursday on Iron Gate in Bellingham and online at Bergen Embroidery Imagine living in Linden, perched above the Nooksack River Valley, with Mount Baker and the Cascade Mountains in the distance. Enjoy the peaceful surroundings of the mountains and nearby golf course. Make new friends and get involved in new activities. Enjoy fabulous home-cooked meals and spacious apartments designed with your needs in mind. Enjoy your independence. Visit Vineyard Park of Linden Manor on Aaron Drive in Linden or online at carepartnersliving.com. Schedule your personal tour today and see why residents love Vineyard Park of Linden Manor. Business owners, you have job openings? We have HireMeWa.com. HireMeWa.com is Cascade Radio Group's hyper-local job board. It's free and easy to use. Upload your available job listings today. Job seekers can post resumes, too. HireMeWa.com is available 24 hours a day. Check back frequently. New job listings added regularly. HireMeWa.com. Business owners, post your job openings for free right now at HireMeWa.com. That's HireMeWa.com. HireMeWa.com is a service of Cascade Radio Group and this station. Welcome back to the Walkham Report. I'm here with Dr. Greg Baker at Bellingham Schools, and we have covered the gamut of um, the things that you and your um, amazing team is working on. And I think one of the one of the other pieces that is so um, of interest right now, especially with a regular news cycle and 24-hour news cycle, um, is safety. And so, um, what is what does safety mean to you and how are you incorporating that uh, to keep our kids safe yeah, and teacher you. and teachers safe too. Like, let's not, let's build that out. It's not just students, but okay. your, yeah. your, your facility staff. Yep. staff and children safe. Yeah. There's probably, there's nothing more important uh, than that topic of, of safety. And it's a challenging one, as you said, um, you know, not too many days go by where there's another concern and, you know, something happening across our country. Um, so when I think of school safety, a few things, one is our best, one of our best ways is um, to keep our kids safe is relationships with each other. And so that means we have staff who know our kids. That means we have kids who trust our staff and say something. That means we have parents that, care about the safety and they might hear somebody, their child say something and they call us. And so by knowing each other, by trusting each other, by communicating, um, that's the first kind of big level of safety that's really important. And that's investing in our biggest resource as a district, which is people. So our teachers and our principals and our counselors, our bus drivers, our food service staff, our custodians, they all play a role in getting to know our kids, being a safe adult to come to, and often we'll see something that's not right before it gets something more, you know, bigger. Um, the other part of safety that comes to mind is certainly the physical things that we do. And we're certainly on a journey of continuing to adapt what school facilities look like. Um, that includes we've worked to limit the number of doors that are open. Um, when I got here, you could go to any building and probably find six or seven doors that you could walk in and out of as a parent or a student. We've worked hard to uh, really minimize that to a main entrance. Um, higher chance of the office is right there. You sign in, you're seen. Um, also security badges. You'll see um, all adults wearing security badges again. So it's um, it's unusual if you see somebody without that. 
Um, we've worked to install cameras in all of our buildings, um, starting to install buzzer systems into buildings. Um, you'll see more fencing around schools uh, than maybe in the past. So there's these um, features that can help try to minimize um, the chance of something happening. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we keep doing all the efforts we can. And we know that unless we as a society decide that schools are similar to an airport or a courthouse, um, you know, it's uh, you can't guarantee everything. I mean, our schools, you go out to playgrounds, kids are out there. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. so there's there's vulnerabilities for sure. But we work hard on the people side and those um, facility sides to to minimize the chance. Yeah. Why we've got a few minutes left of this segment, kind of go a little a little off script on a different topic. Um, and, and I think it's kind of connected to safety too, but it's also connected to some of the other uh, topics that we've mentioned. Is one of the things I would love is this this creating community, like this development of relationships with the broader community, with the business community. And I won't name any names, but I want to shout out a couple of your educators have reached out to us as the chamber to incorporate. Mm -hmm some local businesses in in the classroom as far as speakers. And so that's something that we're we certainly want to facilitate because there is this connection. I mean, we're talking our future workforce, right? That's we're talking right. our community, right? And I think that starts there. Uh, but we're also talking about a potential and very viable future workforce that we want to make sure as a community that understands the the business environments and what, you know, at the end of the day, career acknowledgement and career awareness is a big component of it, too. And so I want to shout out to you and your team specifically for doing that reach out. Um, it's an, one of the other things that I've been following on kind of, again, framed in workforce is this, how did the, and I, we've got it like a minute and a half for this, um, which is probably way not enough time. Um, how did the pandemic impact learning? um for students and what are what are some of those things we need to be watching out for um boy in a minute um yeah i know does, that's it, not fair yeah <laughs> so one side is um you know for students and for the rest of us the the what we would call the social emotional or the mental well-being that was a tough time of being isolated um and some kids uh, ventured better than others you know some didn't have a great place to work from and we're home all alone and so that isolation um, in itself was very challenging um, when you look at, at test scores of reading writing and math across the country and the world those um, have gone down so limited on the flip side i think there's some silver lining of learning one of the outcomes of the bellingham promise uh, is um, skilled us users of technology and information we took leap years ahead with our staff and our kids in the use of technology. Um, so there were some real downsides, um, but also some benefits. I think kids were connected more to what the global world was. We were all going through this together. Um, so we're, you know, as we come out of it, this is the time as an educational system. And if I was talking to legislators, not to have school districts have to pull back on support, but to increase. Um, not pull back on nurses, more mental health counselors. We used to have zero. We currently have three. And instead of having to pull back on that, we should probably be increasing that. So um, it's nice to be out of the pandemic formally over the past few years. And but we will still be dealing with, as you're referencing, yeah. some of this for quite a while. Yeah, absolutely. So we are to our next break. Stay tuned and we will be right back. Are you thinking about retirement and wondering if you can even afford to retire? Are you concerned with layoffs at your company and wondering how you would afford individual or COBRA insurance for your family if you should lose your group coverage? Do you know if you or your dependents qualify for tax credits through the Washington Health Plan Finder? Tune in this Saturday at noon to hear Marcia Neal, Senior Agent at Vibrant USA, explain how working with an independent broker can help put your mind at ease and give you the answers you need as you prepare for your future. Bad credit can be like a real bad odor Follow you around when you're trying to get a motor Luckily for you, there's some guys in town Saying don't sweat the crunch, come get your car now Liquidation Car Company Bad credit, no credit, it doesn't matter We don't check your credit They're a hassle-free, zero-interest dealership you can count on Serving Whatcom County for nearly 40 years 
Visit Liquidation Car Company today, 5250 Guide Meridian or online at liquidationcar.com and get rolling again. This is Heidi Person, General Manager of the Cascade Radio Group, with a look at some good news in our community that we like to call the upside. The Cascade Radio Group's very own KISM hosted the Chili and Chowder Charity Cook-Off at Gruff's Brewing on February 5th. Twelve area restaurants cooked up 20 chili and chowder recipes to raise $4,600 to support domestic violence and sexual assault services of Whatcom County. More than 300 people attended the charity cook-off, which proceeds will help provide almost 200 hours of supportive advocacy to local domestic violence survivors. The mission of DVSAS is to support individuals affected by domestic violence, sexual assault, and exploitation and lead the community toward ending these abuses of power. For more information, go to dvsas.org. The Upside is brought to you from a grant provided by Bayside Coin and Jewelry. They are the largest buyer and seller of gold and silver in the Northwest. Bayside Coin and Jewelry in the Iowa Business Park. If you have good news to report, email it to us at theupside at Cascade Radio Group. Welcome back to the Walker Report. I'm your host, Scott Grasso, President and CEO of the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce. We're here with Dr. Greg Baker, Superintendent of Bellingham Schools. And I guess one of the things that I'm um, always fascinated about is in this idea of collaboration and building community is the connectedness of our school districts in Walker County. So how would you describe that environment? Yeah. Well, just last week, I hosted all the Whatcom County superintendents to visit our new Sunnyland Elementary. And it was fun to have them there because you saw the connections. Some of many of them used to work here. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of our staff live in the county. You know, so we we're much more connected than not. And absolutely. um, We all are educators trying to support our kids and our community. And again, a lot of our people live in one part of the county and work in the other, have family. Um, so we're really one. It's kind of that one schoolhouse taken to the next level. Um, we're uh-huh. kind of one big school district, you know, in regions. And, and we work really well together. Um, and, and we've worked, you know, worked together in different, different manners. And we have similar needs. And uh, we all want our communities to um, support the district as we work hard to support our kids and our families. And um, it's, a, it's a great collaborative group of superintendents um, working towards a common end. Yeah, and I've, I've been engaging a little bit in the CTE programs throughout the, mm. the county. And so there's a lot of cooperation in the individual, I don't want to say silos, but let's say focus areas uh, throughout the county too. So that's, that's always good to see that collaboration because you were right. We all live and work here as one giant community, and it's it's even extending past Whatcom County lines anymore. And so that's the that's the work world that our students will be entering whenever they graduate from uh, high school or tech school or community college or four year institution. That's that's the normal that we're all in. And so we are out of time. And so if anybody's interested in wanting more information, maybe looking at the Bellingham Promise, um, what can they, where can they go and find that information out? Yeah, bellinghamschools.org is our website. We have a great communications team that tries to keep that website up to date, robust. And people can always email me directly at greg.bakerbellinghamschools.org. And I try to be very responsive to people who have questions or comments and I'm happy to help people find information or or answer their questions. Awesome. Greg, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, And thank you for your continued partnership with us at the Chamber uh, and the local community. And uh, we look forward to doing more great things together. Thank you for the opportunity and appreciate you and our community. Thank you. Absolutely.